You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Eslander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. Hello, and welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. Today, we have a very, very special guest and a friend of mine with us. Uh, she is Tara Junker. She is a um, food nutrition scientist and a cookbook author. Welcome, Tara. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So, Tara, you've written already two books, right? Yeah, And you're now writing the third one. Which, what, do you already have a name for the third one? Or? Yeah, actually, it's going to be Kasviksia viikon jokaiselle päivälle. And it's going to be published in English as well. And I'm not quite sure about the English title, but I think it's going to be Veggies Every Day of the Week. We love it. And it's going to come out in September, right? Yes. Awesome. How are you feeling today? I'm good. It's lovely weather outside, like 20, 25. No, no, no. Well, almost yeah. 25 degrees, and so it's the first day of summer today. Summer is coming. Um, do you want to start with just telling a little bit about yourself and your background to food and so on? Yes. Well, as you said, uh, I have a background in food and nutrition science, so I studied food uh, at Uppsala University. And basically, I work with food. Um, that's the, my way of relaxing, cooking and reading recipes, and I studied it, so... My whole life basically circles around food and eating and writing about it, taking pictures of food. And I especially like the eating part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite as well. I, I can relate to that. I don't know about the cooking, but I can relate to the eating part. <laughs> but that is, that is the best part of like writing cookbook, that you yeah. get to eat and taste and try everything. I just love everything with food and I'm really curious. What do you do with like leftovers? Do you invite friends over or? Uh, well, before or with the past two books, that's what I like. Basically, yeah. we had a buff- yeah. buffet for friends. Oh, and now it. due to the whole COVID situation, right. it's been a bit different. Uh, but I had more time with this book, basically. Okay. So I tried to like make two recipes a day and take pictures and then actually eat it for dinner and lunch. Yeah. So it's been... It worked, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm actually holding one of your books in my hands right now, Sua Hyvä Mieli, which would translate to like eat your way to a good um, mindset. Mindset. And I was kind of browsing through the recipes. Everything looks so beautiful. The images are just like out of this world, and I'm really excited because Julia promised me that I can take this book home and <laughs> and try something. Um, Uh, try some of your recipes but uh, I noticed there's a lot of recipes that are vegetarian so do you only kind of do vegetarian recipes or do you do like also um, recipes for meat eaters or uh, pescatarians or what's kind of like your thing uh, niche yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. well uh, I eat fish as well but I do try to get everyone to eat more vegetables and I hope I never like The first book was vegan. We didn't say it anywhere. It's just a book with good food. And I hope to bring that to people and to, to the kitchen that it doesn't have to be a vegetarian meal. It's just a really good meal. And perhaps there is no meat, but you shouldn't think about that. I like that. Like there's no labeling on it because a lot, like I would say, I don't know if you, Julia, you agree with both uh, been vegans. Now I'm vegetarian, pescatarian. Uh, but there's a really, I find like a lot of people that are, let's say vegan, are very aggressive in their um, views. And it's almost like sometimes they're like pushing their um, opinions yeah. on everyone. Yeah, that was like me for many years, actually, mm-hmm. when I started, because you get, you just become very passionate about it and you yeah. want everyone to save the animals. But it's not that black and white always for everyone. And I think that there is no right diet. And that's why I really enjoy your books because you make it easy and there's like if you want to have a piece of meat with it that's fine or Mm. if you want your cheese with your vegetables you make it really just adaptable to everyone and there's like no label on it there's no right way of doing something which is uh, I think how everything in life should be yeah yeah yeah. and I think because I eat what I eat mostly out of environmental reasons and I also been vegan 
Uh, and I think that everyone should eat more vegan food, absolutely. But I also think that if you eat, uh, you, you have a special diet because of the environment, then you also have to think about, for example, avocados. That, that's a really complex uh, vegetable or fruit, actually. Uh, and I know it's a big part of many people's diet. And if you live in Finland, that could be a problem because it's not locally produced. Uh, it's produced under extremely bad circumstances. Uh, there are cartels and mafias involved, for example, in Mexico. Due to avocado, it sounds absurd, but if you Google this, it's a whole thing to dive into. And I think it's important to remember not that not everything that is vegan is good for the environment, for example. It's true. And also like mock meats and so on. They're yeah. super processed and yeah. just everything. But would you say that locally produced is then the way to go as, as far as you can? Absolutely. But then I also think that, of course, if you eat meat, you should eat it locally produced. But also you should not eat meat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get in touch with your own hunter yes <laughs> or something but i i really love that like the no labeling kind of because it's it is such a beautiful approach to diet and eating and and definitely very welcoming to the scene um but yeah to kind of circle back to your background because i think we got a little <laughs> sidetracked with the with the the oh i don't know i probably i'm yeah. sorry if i interrupted because no, no, with no. The, the, the no no labeling because i was just like wow that's so beautiful and really welcome But um, yeah, so about your background, like how did you get so passionate about like cooking and, and food? Mm. Well, it comes from my family. I grew up with my mother and my grandmother. And for example, during the summers, I always spent the whole summer with my grandmother in the archipelago. And we just cooked and had food. And for example, locally grown food and seasonal food always been really important for us. And my my grandma used to say that every year when you had have your first strawberry or new potato or blueberry for example then you should wish for something that, i love that <laughs> yeah it's like a whole event that now we are eating the first potatoes of, of the year and really like enjoy it and yeah. and make a small wish yeah. uh, and i think that that is a big part of my food identity um and then my mom i have this thought about cooking that for me I studied like cooking at the university and it's very theoretical like how should you cut a fish and for me cooking isn't about knowing everything by the books it's basically for me you can cook if you know how to not follow a recipe and that's the way my mom cooks she always say like oh I can't bake I can't make a bread because she's so bad at following the instructions and I think she gave me so much food joy and like really she's for me so it sounds as such a cliche to talk about your mom and she's the one that inspires you and for example when it comes to the kitchen it's so connected to women in the kitchen but right. my mom is such an inspiration for me because she also always have these crazy ideas and combinations and we always had like hummus and couscous when I was like yeah. four and not not when it became trendy <laughs> i really love that and i i love how you said about like or talked about like like not following a recipe because mm -hmm. that's like a lot what we do also in my family yeah. my mom is also in the food scene and she always like i i just came to think about this uh, memory when i was a small child and we were i i can't remember what we were baking in the oven And I asked her how many minutes there was left. And she's like, oh, there's no timer. I was like, what? And she's <laughs> like, oh, I can feel it when it's ready. Because there's like yeah, this yeah. energy. She's in a way like just feels when like in her own way, talking to the food. It sounds ridiculous, but I can in some way, I feel like I have that because when we cook pasta at home, I yeah. like, I just know when it's ready. It's not like it's been there no, eight no, minutes. No. It's like, sometimes it's like seven, maybe it's like 10 another day, but you can like, oh, it's ready. And then it's perfect. It comes out perfect. And my, my boyfriend is like, how did, how do you, how do you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. But I that is do. cooking. 
That I feel like that's I'm so inspired by both of you saying those things because I'm honestly I'm not I, I can bake but that's because I follow instructions but I don't have that flow <laughs> I'm like I'm like not the best chef um, so I'm like wow like having that intuition just knowing or just kind of playing with the ingredients and amounts but you know what else I'm I'm just kind of like I really uh, love the thing you said about like, okay, so you have the first strawberry of the season and you have the first, you know, new potato of the season. To me, that sounds like a ritual or a ceremony. And, and I, you know, so I do this thing every summer and this is going to probably sound pretty weird to most of our listeners. Um, I, on purpose, um, like sting myself with the burning nettle is it called? Ah, yeah. And I do it because it's like the, the initiation of summer. And so it's, if like, if you're a listener and you don't have that plant in, in your country, basically it's, um, it's a plant that like really stings and burns your skin when you touch it. And, but it reminds me of childhood and it's such a, like, uh, even though there's like a little bit of stinging and like, it'll get itchy, um, afterwards <laughs> and there's that burning sensation and stinging sensation. It's like such a kind of like mark of the summer. And it's like, it's a ceremony for me. And like what you said, like to make a wish or have an, an intention or whatever, like when you have that first, um, strawberry like that's so beautiful and it made me think of like maybe cooking to you Mm -hmm. is like a ceremony or a ritual and you put all that energy into it and I don't know just having you sit here I'm like such a lovely energy right (laughs) like so soft and beautiful and loving and nurturing I'm like wowzers (laughs) I'm really impressed that's really nice to hear and uh, when I listen to your um, first episodes and you talked about meditation for example and I had so such a hard time concentrating and for me meditation for example I've done at home now uh, your meditation on EGTV and I really have to like sit and know Tara get back to this thought okay okay but when I cook that's like my Mm. kind of meditation because then I can like I just cook that's my flow yeah and I think of like cooking also when you when you think of like witchcraft, how they mm. put different potions into like the big pot. But I'm sure that if you have like an intention with different ingredients, you're if you're cooking like a stew or let's say a cake and you like put the cacao into the batter with an intention of like love, mm. it must directly affect the taste. The taste yeah. and like the people who eat it. And you have to use all your senses as well. I mean, you have to taste the food. You have to smell right. it. You have to... I, I really uh, cook with my hands. I often like get it. dirty <laughs> with the food. It's amazing. Uh, so yeah. I think that's my wow, kind of like a full sensory experience. That's so beautiful. I'm going to try this. <laughs> like, I'm going to try <laughs> with the pizza today. But I yeah. also do think like just with anything, like, like you, you were saying, like maybe, okay, you were struggling with meditation. So it just mm. maybe comes down to like finding those things that really feel natural and beautiful and that you enjoy. And that is, becomes your meditation. That becomes your kind of like creative flow. So it sounds like you've really found yours. Yeah. And like just to find what works for you because meditation can be like anything. I'm not one of those who are like sitting with an empty head. I'm, mm. I'm like traveling somewhere in my mind and yeah. I'm like doing stuff. And sometimes I think of things, but and I absolutely think that cooking can be a way of yeah. meditating because you do like you, Eva, Eva, <laughs> Eva, like, who am I today? Oh, <laughs> Eva, Eva can be my alter ego. <laughs> You said you walk while you're meditating. Yeah. And I like, like running can be a meditation yeah. for me or walking also. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I love that. I, I will try to meditate the next time. Or I feel like if you are in a medita- meditative state, it might be easier to follow your intuition while you're cooking. Yeah. You're like, okay, let's try to add this flavor mm-hmm. here instead of this. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? I feel no, like we're yeah. sidetracking again. No, I know. I think it's it's really beautiful and interesting because it, it, I think this also comes down to what we were talking about previously, like the no labels. Like mm. with, you know, meditation, there's no label on it. Like what it has to be doesn't mean you have to be like, I think we've touched this topic before. Like you don't have to sit in a cross-legged lotus position. and In the Himalayas. In the Himalayas, <laughs> you know. Or you can, it could be anything that just 
serves your soul. And yeah. Um, so one of the things that is huge for you is gut health, right? Yes. So um, can you tell us what is that? What is it and why do we need to care about gut health? Well, basically, it's about the bacteria in our body and in our gut. And when you look into it, basically, they run our body. Yeah. It's some, uh, sometimes called the second brain. And if you really look into it, it's, it makes sense because it's, um, it affects our thoughts, our mood, uh, our, how physical we can be, like everything, everything. And of course, like the basic body functions that we don't even think about. So how, like, because I told you before we started recording, this is just a crazy example, like on my last trip to Mexico last November, I got a really bad food poisoning. Uh, I was having some really, you know, bad paella, like um, with some shrimp that had probably Mm -hmm. like sat out in the sun (laughs) and it was like really bad, like all night and an an all nighter (laughs) um, at the toilet, just hugging the toilet. So, um... And then I told, like, what I mentioned to you before was, like, I had this crazy anxiety uh, for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, what is going on? Like, I'm having all these paranoid thoughts. I'm, like, having this crazy anxiety, like, weird thoughts, weird, like, re- feeling, like, horrible. And there was no rational reason to it. Like, everything was fine. Like, I just had hosted a beautiful yoga retreat. Like, everything was good. Mm-hmm. But I still had these these feelings, and now like it makes so much sense that you're saying, well, be- because your gut is your second brain. Yeah. So can you tell us like how? What are some ways that we could be more mindful of it, or maybe nurture it? Uh, and to someone who's completely maybe new mm. to the concept, just open it up a little bit further. Yeah. So first of all, there's something called the gut-brain axis, and that's basically how the gut and the brain is linked to each other. And there are three. Ways. This is a bit complicated, but just like easily mentioned, uh, first there is the vagus nerve. Yeah. Vagus nerve. Yeah. So that's the longest nerve in our body, and it goes from the brain to the gut, uh, basically in the back, in the spinal. Spinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what's so interesting is that the nerve impulses doesn't go like 90% of them goes from the gut to the brain and not the other way around mm. which basically would mean that our gut or our gut bacteria is our brain right it's amazing i'm mind blown can you say that again <laughs> <laughs> listen up isn't it interesting yes. 90% well from the gut to the brain of the impulses yeah. so from the gut to your brain yeah. so when you know there's even these things like i have a gut feeling about this and that it's and like you should listen to it yeah. yeah you know when you get nervous uh sometimes you get a bad stomach absolutely and also when you think about something sour like a lemon you can feel the you can the feel tingles. it in the mouth yeah. yeah and it's also connected due to this nerve system I love it. Yeah, and when you're, you know, when um, you have a thought that you're really, you're in love, for example, you can feel it in your stomach. You have butterflies in your stomach, and that's due to this uh, connection. And that's why uh, in school I studied uh, food and uh, nutrition science. It was really, we talked a lot about the gut-brain connection, and it was really many difficult terms, and it's really biochemical, and that's not really my thing. But Exactly this part is so interesting because it makes sense to me. You feel it. Sometimes like math and these things, it can be so hard to to get because you're not connected to them. But this biological function, you can really, everyone feels them. And it's like when I think of just anxiety or stress or nervousness, it's like I feel it in my gut. I feel it in my gut always. It's like I, I struggle a lot with I think anxiety for me is like the biggest emotion that I deal with um, every week Mm -hmm. in different, just different um, forms, I guess. But it's always like I can lay on my bed and just feel anxiety and I don't know why, but it's there Mm -hmm. and it's so physical and it's like gut and it will 
directly affect my digestion yeah, yeah. and also just how I as a person like digest other things like social events or life in general mm. so I think this is a really important topic it is and then it's also important to mention that gut health isn't the only thing affecting your uh, health and right. it's not the only uh, like reason to depression it's really really important to say that there are so many traumatic things that Yeah. could be there and it's just important to say yeah. that this is not the only thing but i mean like stress and traumatic traumatic events can directly affect your yes, gut it because we're like that. such an just very complex system yeah, it works both ways everything is mm-hmm. working together yeah so then we have the neurotransmitters and basically when we eat fiber um the body can't or the what's the name of the thin tart Uh, small intestine yes Uh, it can't break down the fiber so it goes to the thick large large intestine yeah (laughs) where we have can i ask is it intestine or intestine i don't know intestine (laughs) intestine intestine I think it's the intestine is more Australian. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there uh, we have the bacteria and they have to break down or ferment the fiber. Mm. And that's also where you get the gas. Mm. And that's why if you eat lots of beans and greens, you may get gassy. And you can actually train your gut bacteria to get better at this. So I have so many friends telling me, I can't eat lentils you know, I get so bloated. And of course, it could be that you have IBS or some kind of um, food allergy or something like that. But you can also train them, yeah. train the gut bugs. And in this, uh, when they ferment, the neurotransmitters are basically a product of that pr- process, if you can say that. And neurotransmitters is everything. It's a, it's a chemical in the body. It's like... Um, Adrenaline, for example, so or hormones. serotonin. And serotonin is directly com- uh, connected to depression, for example. Yeah. And it's made in the gut when you eat fiber. Wow. Would you believe? So would you become happier if you eat beans? Would you say so? Well, <laughs> if you, we want to put it really, really simple, yeah. yes. I've actually, there is this bean queen um, who who's also actually been on Lacey Phillips' podcast. And she says that you can heal your whole system by just eating beans for mm, a specific mm. time or amount of time yeah yeah the bean protocol i think it's called okay yeah yeah i've i listened to it too yeah. it's really interesting um and what was there a third one yes and it's okay. an immune system okay and basically 80 percent or 70 to 80 percent of our immune system is in our guts whoa yeah so everyone covid 19 Listen up. Well, buckle up. Th- this is a hard thing because I actually heard some Finnish researchers talk about this uh, in the TV. And I mean, you can't, it's not, you can get COVID 19 even if you would have the best gut bugs in the world. But I mean, it's really good nowadays to have a good immune system yeah. and that you can control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and how does one get a really good like what? So, what are some of the things you can uh, eat to kind of nurture your your gut health and the healthy bacteria in your gut? Well, I always uh, take this in three parts. First, there's anti-inflammatory foods. It's like ginger and turmeric, leafy greens. Um, they work really good in the body. Then we have probiotics. That is basically bacteria. You can find find that in kimchi and sauerkraut. And then we have prebiotics. It's not the same as probiotics, but prebiotics is basically the food of the gut bugs. It's fiber. And that's well, also leafy greens and uh, beans, grains. Grains and beans work great together. You should always try to eat them in a combination. And... Basically, all veggies. And the most important thing is that you eat a wide variety of things. So what about just like a question about when you said grains, what kind of grains? Because I feel like this is, could be a very, you know, how there's all these movements, keto and, mm. you know, like low carbs and like all these like huge trends. Yeah. Like what's kind of your 
view and input on all that? Definitely team carbs. It is so <laughs> It is so important to eat carbs because if you don't eat carbs, like I just said, fiber is carbs and fiber it's affected I mean it affects the whole body and basically it affects the brain. So if you don't eat carbs, I mean, I don't even get how they poop. No, 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 like for reals. Like and this is an important topic because carbs have, or maybe not nowadays, but a few years back, it has such a bad reputation for all the wrong reasons. Of course, you shouldn't eat too much processed food. And I think that is when, when you asked what grains should you eat. For example, mm-hmm. barley. We live in Finland, so barley is a good example. But I think that carbs um, has such a bad reputation because many of the carbs that we eat are so processed. Yeah, and I think like... Oh. Like, for instance, just potato, mm. it has such a bad rap. Yeah. And I love potatoes. I love potatoes. Yeah. It's like, just the best food. And it, mm. Like, I feel like my body really craves it at times. And yeah. just a fun fact, I've heard that if you have the herpes, yeah. herpes virus, uh, potatoes has a lot of, like, lyse- lysine mm. in it. So it actually works really good as a like um like guys anti anti i don't know just to prevent it from like uh, if you get a lot of cold sores eat potato yeah and you should also also try to eat cold potatoes because because in the cold potato there is some starch and starch is basically a fiber or it is a fiber wow what about like rye Because I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah, a definitely. lot of people, like, what about, like, rye bread? Yeah, definitely. But Aww, here again... I'm so happy right now. <laughs> and, and you should be, but here again, I think uh, you, for example, well, we haven't touched on sourdough yet. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned that your mom, uh, is she gluten intolerant? She's, yeah, very sensitive, gluten, yeah. yeah. But she does agree with some sourdoughs. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you said that. Because um, this is the complex thing about carbs. If you do your sourdough bread yourself and you use some good flours, it's the best thing you could eat. But if you buy a sourdough bread from the supermarket, not from a small bakery, but from a supermarket, and this is, oh, this is my, I'm so passionate about (laughs) carbs and and sourdough, but um, they basically put more um, extra gluten in the bread just so it should rise. And that's not how sourdough works. Sourdough works, it's magic when you use only sourdough but of course the supermarkets want to have the fluffiest cheapest bread so they just pump extra gluten in it yeah and that's why so many in finland are gluten sensitive because our food has quite a low quality and also the rye bread i ask myself rye bread is super super good to eat but you get 12 rye breads like roispalat for under two euros how good can the flour be right Mm. even if there's no nonsense in that bread if you read the description but is it really good rye and does it have all the nutrients that real rye bread should have it's like i so resonate with that we go to like good bakeries to get our bread yeah uh not when we're down at our summer place because there really isn't we haven't found one Mm -hmm. yet but here in helsinki there's so many nice bakeries and you can make your own and it's yeah it's like spend i would just life hack dare to spend money on your bread and dare to make uh dare to spare money on your food now because i always think think that there is so many cheap things that you can eat that aren't healthy and you can choose do you want to invest the money in good food now or do you want to pay it later in medical bills and of course this isn't black and white but like but still mm. who is it hypocrite the the Hippocrates. Yeah. Hippocrates. <laughs> He says, let thy food be your thy medicine, medicine, right? Yeah. And uh, let the food be your medicine and medicine be, be your, your food. food. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to remember. Uh, how about antibiotics? And ha- because they really um, 
mess things up. Mess things up. I was gonna say <laughs> fuck things up, but thank you. <laughs> Now I said it. Um, how can we kind of nurture and rebuild our gut flora after mm. antibiot antibiotics? Because I know you have some good yeah. good tips on that. Well, the, first of all, the problem with with them, uh, they try to basically kill or all bad bacteria. And that's really, really good. But they also kill the good bacteria. So basically it kills your whole gut health. And for example, you could eat sauerkraut, just a few tablespoons a day. And it's important to remember not to eat them at the same time. Since, well, actually this is interesting because first of all, since the antibiotics kills the bacteria, you can't eat them at the same time because then it's won't affect you in any way but actually at, at Yuli we had a gut health uh, workshop together yeah. and there was a doctor that came to me and told me that if you eat antibiotics and sauerkraut at the same time that sauerkraut is so strong that it could basically kill the antibiotics takes over. yeah it takes over that's so, so cool yeah you have to be sure not to eat them at the yeah. same time and I mean antibiotics has its place for sure yeah it saved and our I, life so, for so many years yeah. but i still believe that going with like holistic alternatives as far as you can and then really respecting of course like the medical medicines that we mm -hmm. have but like just finding the balance between these two not always going for like when, if you have a headache maybe like listen to why you have a headache maybe it's maybe drink more water yeah or just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like or breathe yeah. sometimes we don't mm -hmm. breathe yeah we don't get enough oxygen into our brain so uh, yeah and i know like many many friends of mine and even like my boyfriend goes just for like um quick fix quick fix yeah painkillers like they're just they're treating this the the symptom not the root of it but i think it's like what we've been saying with everything like it comes down to there's room for western and eastern medicine there's room for you know um eating healthy food and there's room for also enjoying some like maybe unhealthy food at times mm -hmm. because like having that balance and and not being so black and white with everything but more finding the the, the golden middle line which is um which is really really important with everything in life um but maybe like what what would you say that for you like how do you want to inspire people like what is your message that you want to bring to the world when it comes to food and clean eating and, mm. and all this and veggies yeah <laughs> and carbs <laughs> well i would say food joy that food has to be fun It can be something that stresses you, then there's no idea to like try to eat really healthy if it's just going to stress you and make you like more conscious or more anxious. Uh, food should be fun. Of course, I understand it can't maybe be really nice to cook every day after work, but, but still the root of it should be that food is fun to eat and to cook. Uh, so I hope that I bring that to people. Um, Yeah, and then balance. I think it's hard to work with health and food because it's really not black and white. And sometimes since I've studied nutrition science, people think that or ask that, and you still you still eat that? You, you still eat chocolate? Right. Of course, because it's, because it's all about balance. And uh, especially when we talk about mental health, you should eat what you want to eat, then you should eat, or and I hope you do want to eat veggies, uh, but there should be balance. Absolutely. I think um, it's, a, as you said, like, it's not black and white, and it's, I have days when I wake up and I just, like, usually I'm, I'm okay, you can hate me, I'm not a breakfast per person, I, I can't eat in the morning for some reason, I'm more of a, like, lunch or brunch during yeah. weekends uh, but I don't eat breakfast but then if I wake up and I really crave I have days when I want my very unhealthy mm. gluten pancakes with extra sugar and peanut butter and syrup maple syrup like lots of it if I have that for breakfast I am for sure not gonna eat as healthy as I would normally mm. because like I go into this 
kind of unhealthy mode. Yeah. Um, and it can be really hard to find a balance, like of after having a really whatever, like just un, an unhealthy meal, and then just popping out of that, going on with the day, and having, for instance, a green smoothie for lunch or a salad. So, how do you have any hacks on how to make it like even, like how how do you make it fun? Mm. How do you how can we break rules and still be healthy? Well, uh, healthy and unhealthy food is com- quite complex. Like, what what is healthy food? And I think it's different right. for everyone. And one good thing could just be, or first of all, basically the most regular food, like husmanskost or yeah. What's yeah. that in English? I'm looking at Eva. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, it's healthy. You know, you should eat. You should really use your common sense when it comes to food. Uh, then if you have food accessible at home, you will eat more healthy and you will cook more and it will be more fun and less like messy. I always have beans at home, for example, like lots of it, different kinds. Like, for example, when people started to hoard food, my first thought was like, you mean that you don't usually have like, beans. I don't know. Yeah, beans or like two packages of pasta at home. Like, yeah. how does your cupboard look? Uh, this doesn't mean you should hoard food, but I just always have food around, not like heaps of everything, but I always, when I don't have anything at home, I have lots of food at home. Right. There is always something you can There's kind of magically yeah. throw up. Throw up. Did I say throw yeah. up? <laughs> just make up, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So that's like one thing that always have one can of chickpeas at home, for example, yeah. and then you can just throw it in and you should make like small things. If you want to eat more veggies, for example, and you cook pasta, then you can throw in one bag of frozen peas in the water yeah. there. Suddenly you have 200 grams peas that, right. that you should, wouldn't have had in the first place. And like those kind of small things that if you're making a tomato sauce, you can just it can be from the can. Just just throw in a few lentils and it will be a different dish. Yeah. And more be more nutritious. Love it. How about did we touch upon like food trends? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, I But I'm thinking kinda, of like yeah. superfoods. I think superfoods mm. is such a concept. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember well, maybe not anymore, but I remember like back in maybe a few or some years back, like for instance, um, these berry. What are they called? The like acai? little red. Yeah, yeah. Acai. Um, the little red berries. Oh, goji were, berries. Goji, goji berries. berries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goji berries. berries. <laughs> Not acai. Yeah, the goji berries. Spirulina. Spirulina and chlorella mm-hmm. and and maca and matcha and all these, where you know when and everything was like packed. It was so much powders. So packed yeah. powders. powders. It's due to the smoothie bowls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But I don't like. But wouldn't we it don't make sense, yeah. more sense to like, because in Finland we have our forests filled with blueberries yeah, yeah, and yeah. cloudberries and lingonberries that mm. are filled with C vitamin, like, to... Definitely. I think that is, that is the complex and hard thing about food trends, because we can't have the same food trends all over the world. If, if right. it isn't like to eat ferment food or to eat locally grown food, but then it's different food for all countries... Superfoods is a really good example of it not being sustainable. Yeah. And I'm okay, go for it. I was just gonna unketo. What are your? I just <laughs> I just have to touch on this topic because I see it's such a like. I, well, first we had Atkins diet, mm-hmm. and then then what was it called? Uh, paleo, and now it's keto. I'm like same same, but same. <laughs> I mean it's same. Mm-hmm. Same, but different. It's the low name. carb, high fat, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The low carb, high fat. I am basically not for any diets. I think, I'm just going to say it. I think it's stupid. Uh, first of all, I think it's a way of, uh, like, we can la- laugh about, like, the 80s or when they had this grapefruit diet and it's like, what were they thinking? And it's the same thing. It's just in another uh, shell. Uh, then with keto, it. It can be really dangerous. It is not healthy for the brain. 
and you have to know about lot uh, you have to lo- you have to know a lot about this before starting it is not to play with because basically like we we said uh, you need the carbs for your brain and basically you try to put your uh, body uh, in a state where the brain has to go on survival mode right that is not healthy and all this avoiding carbs uh Basically, uh, the Finns eat two uh, little carbs, I just read. Yeah. And that's basically because people still think that turkey and uh, cottage cheese is the way to go. Yeah. And I really often forget that that I live in a bubble. I think, well, no one eats meat anymore. And uh, who drinks cow milk and all these uh, diet trends are long gone. And that is not how it looks yeah. in, in Finland or in the world. No. Uh, and I think it's really important because I don't think that people criticize the diets enough. And I think you should really talk about this and think about who is behind this. Who is selling the keto powders? Um, and it is important. And all these protein bars, why? Why? I don't know. That is, this is really a strange this- trend. Yeah, and it's like, um, as you said, using common sense because what's the like the paleo diet yeah. when they say that when paleo. you pa- paleo <laughs> paleo thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's like because they say it's the most natural way of eating mm-hmm. because we used to eat like that when we were cavemen, and then they have like beef for breakfast, beef for lunch, and beef for like eggs and beef for dinner, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Did you do you really think that the caveman actually killed one whole am- animal with the tribe every day and had like meat for yeah, lunch, yeah, yeah. breakfast, lunch and dinner? I don't really think so. I think it was like a really big celebration around having meat, but they ate different things also like I don't know, roots and berries and seeds and and we so, don't live in that society yeah, we're anymore. not cavemen anymore no the cavemen <laughs> did a lot of strange things that i don't think anyone exactly. should do so why adopt their diets like history know? yeah <laughs> and then so this is my mother if she's listening to this like i love you mom but she, my mom always uses this kind of kind of like as a justification to eat meat well our teeth already show that we should be eating mm. meat because we have like the back of our mouths we have these teeth that are made for chewing meat it's like what yes i'm oh. like okay, okay but well we have a lot of things we have you know a tailbone and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. do we wag our tails when we get excited it's like i don't know and also the meat nowadays is quite bad quality yeah i mean if you think that about the teeth then well then maybe you should go out and hunt a deer uh but it was not made for uh, you know meatballs i'm uh i'm i'm not saying that anyone should stop eating meat i think some we are yeah, all sorry if we offended anyone. no i i definitely <laughs> think warning. we are we are wired in very different ways and for some people uh meat bay like a, a diet with meat including meat is mm. great and for others vegan diet is amazing and I mean you eat what you eat but just like finding a balance between everything and also not going for the processed shit that's yeah, where that's the most important thing. everything like if you have meat then find a quality piece of meat mm-hmm. go to a hunter we have great hunters in Finland and then I just had to, that is a really good point but it's also important because this always comes up when you talk about meat we it's important to remember that not everyone has that accessibility. Mm. Like the, right. um, the big problem with meat is that everyone is eating it uh, every day for every meal. And a five kid uh, family um, not having the best economy, they, they can't go to a hunter. hunter. And yeah. Yeah, so you, you have to remember that when talking about meat and that it should be locally grown and it should be grass fed and from the woods. Uh, right. That it's also like dangerous to think that everyone. It's very true also. Yeah. 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 And I guess it comes down to convenience also. Like, le- like, let's think about like families that have like many mouths to feed and like, I mean, it's, they have like a household, kids running around, they're working and all this. And like, I mean, it, 
just could be so easy to like whip out some meatballs and spaghetti, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like easy and quick. But because um, I'm like looking at your cookbook and it's there, there's a bunch of beautiful recipes without meat that are also very quick, right? So it doesn't yeah, yeah. have to be like that cooking with vegetables is hard or takes a longer time, right? No, but uh, the problem is that people can't cook anymore. Uh, I teach lots of food classes and it's, it's been an interesting ride. Yeah. Um, people can't chop an onion. And I mean, that's why, like, my first food classes, I didn't understand that I have to say, oh, yes, yeah, so when you're going for the zucchini, this is the one, this is the vegetable you should use. Right. I didn't think that, because it's it's not kids I'm teaching, it's, like, mostly women in their 40s, 50s. Wow. And, yeah. And because they, they are so used just to, like, make, a, make meatballs. Yeah. And, of course, when you cook with vegetables, you need... You need that science. It's it's not hard. It's just to learn to know how which spices to use, how to chop it, how to prepare it. It's easy and it's cheap, but of course you have to have that knowledge. Yeah, and I think in your cookbook you make it really fun and accessible for everyone. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah, and like I've had nights when I'm I I came home at like or when I I taught, um, when I was a. <laughs> what do I say, full-time teaching yoga teacher. <laughs> I would come home around like half past nine sometimes. Yeah. And then like the easiest recipe for me is the chickpea. Um, yeah, from the cover. From the, yeah, yeah from, from the cover, from the second book. And it's like basically just canned cherry tomatoes, yeah. chickpeas, two cans yeah. or one, well, can't remember. One, one, one. I mix it up and is it Depends it on how hungry you are. Exactly, thyme. And uh, if you want to, uh, you can throw in a block of feta, 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 feta cheese. Yeah, feta. I'm like, I just got hungry from you, like (laughs) saying that. And it's like, literally, like ten minutes, and I'm eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and not even that. And you you could have all of that. You could eat it cold. That as well, but you because if you have one kind of chickpeas and one kind of uh, cherry tomatoes, you're done. Yeah, a little it. bit of thyme and maybe an onion. I think there, an there's onion. onion in, yeah, in onion. Yeah. Well. yeah. Well, what a gift to share, and what a like beautiful message to spread. Like I'm just so inspired from all of this because I do, like I said, I don't consider myself to be the best chef, but mm-hmm. I do know how to cut an onion. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like I just feel like so like way more inspired to now spend time in the kitchen and kind of like make it into a creative process a meditation and listen to the, some music or even a podcast you know and just like yeah, yeah. and enjoy the moment and and play with these different recipes because I also find like it really um so I'm in a household my partner he he's a meat eater and I um I'm a well vegetarian pescatarian like I mentioned so it's like sometimes it's it's really kind of like okay what to make like because you mm. i want to cater to both of us yeah. or if he's he's making food it's kind of like well well he's gonna then i don't know he caters to both of us too but it's kind of challenging at times but yeah. i feel like now like this wave of inspiration with your book and and with all these talks and and there's so much to learn and this is definitely something i think everyone can benefit from and and now, like with this current time, even like with with the, the world situation and, and just COVID nineteen and this whole like we have more time, right? Mm, like yeah, yeah. We have now. There's no excuses. I heard that right? the BBC <laughs> recipe site it increased uh, followers or clicks mm-hmm. by six hundred percent. Wow. Because wow. everyone is home cooking. And I've been baking a lot too. Like I've been Same. baking like crazy, yeah. but now I just need to take that also into like food, cooking, yeah. food, mm-hmm. yeah, food, like yeah, cooking because it is it's really inspirational that's nice to hear and one good tip is to for example have five go-to recipes that you know that when you come home and you don't know what to eat or Mm. what to cook you know that these five things works yeah that's a good tip for sure and as you said already earlier just to bring the joy with you into the kitchen like sometimes you mess up i mess up (laughs) So much, and it gets messy. I, I I hope that it doesn't sound like oh, when I cook, it's always so meditative and it's a flow, and <laughs> a everything unicorn. tastes delicious. 
it's definitely messy and sometimes it doesn't end up that well but that that's a part of the process that's definitely fine it's like life sometimes <laughs> we mess up that's true um so uh, can we ask you our question of course what the self-worth means mean what does self-worth mean to you well i would say it means that you like to spend time with yourself or that's a big part of my self-worth that i can be with myself and think that i'm having fun i think it starts there that when you're having fun with yourself then you can be accessible to other people and bring others energy if you can recharge with yourself i, I love that i love that too yeah, yeah. So um, for our listeners, like, where can they find you? And um, yeah, like, can you share your... How can we reach you? Social media handles and... and um, Maybe upcoming things, yeah. projects and whatnot. Well, you can find me on Instagram with my name, Dara Junker. And it's with one A if you speak Finnish. And uh, you can find my books where you buy books, Adlibris, all the bookshops in Finland. And... Yeah, or you can order it online or send me a DM if you want to get it uh, to your door by me. Perhaps a little message in the in book. In Helsinki only. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She will come over to Mexico with the book. No, we'll, we'll put links in the description of this podcast so they can find you. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Well, just I hope that if you're listening to this episode and ha- haven't listened to the first th- three episodes, you should definitely go back Aww. and thank enjoy you, them. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being part of our show. And this is, I mean, I'm just so inspired and enthusiastic to now take my cooking to the next next level. And uh, yeah, what a gift. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, everyone, if you have anything you want to ask us or if you have any guests to request, please reach out. You can email us on selfworthcircle at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram, selfworthcircle. If you have the Anchor app, you can send us voice messages. So we highly recommend that. It would be fun to hear from you. Make sure to also subscribe to us on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Selfworth Circle. See you soon. Bye.